So this is uh, week three. Now I'm going to ask you this morning to um, give me a little bit of grace, all right? Here's why. Um, as we started kind of putting this series together, week three was always the one that seemed a little bit like, oh, how do we communicate that, right? So week one, um, really simple. Week one, we talked about plans and blueprints, right? You can't build a building if you don't have plans, you don't have blueprints. So that's a no-brainer. And then last week, Jason Phibbs uh, did a fantastic job. Did he not do a fantastic job? It was amazing, yeah? Of just talking about the foundation, right? So if you've built a house, you already know this. Um, I know we have one time in our life built a house. It was awesome, right? It was just every day you drive by and see the, the progress. Um, but you, you get the blueprint, and then they come out, and they, they prepare the ground. They build the foundation, and that's the Word of God. We talked about that last week. Now, this week is walls, Okay, and if you build a house, this makes sense. You get the foundation and the walls start to go up. As a matter of fact, like in the building that we're, that we're getting ready, that, that we're preparing right now, that's going to be one of the very near next steps is, you know, walls start to go up, which is always exciting. But in our culture, in our, in our current climate, the word walls has been ruined, right? So I want to make sure that you understand you know, what, what I, when I'm talking about walls, what do I mean by walls, right? Um, I'm not necessarily saying these are things that we build to keep people out. But I think that walls, it, when you're talking about under construction, walls are the things in our lives that give us distinction. Okay, let me give you an example. If you ever, and this would be fun for you if you did, if you ever went house shopping with the wonderful Wendy Jenkins, and you went into a neighborhood where all the houses looked very similar, you would hear her say this phrase, I hate cookie-cutter houses. Now, I brought some examples. Do we have these ready to go? Just to give you an idea what cookie-cutter houses look like. Um, We got three or four of these pictures. You can just kind of flow through them until you get to the last one. There is nothing, you just leave it right there for a second. There is, by the way, not Photoshopped, just so you know. Um, there is nothing in my wife's DNA that would ever, outside of the direct call of God, make her want to live there. As a matter of fact, if God called us to live in that neighborhood, my wife would build a house in that one spot that would look nothing like the houses all around. If you'll just leave that picture there for just a minute. So when we talk about walls, all of those houses have walls, the same walls. They don't look distinct. We, Wendy wants a house that's distinct. But it's just like all the other houses in our neighborhood. They all have walls. They all have a foundation. As we'll learn next week, they all have wiring, power, electricity, we hope, if they paid their bills, Right? So walls make a house distinct. Let me make sure that you get this, okay? Every church, no matter what church you go to, should probably have the exact same mission. Now, every pastor thinks that they've thought of it first, right? Ours is near God, near man, making disciples. In um, September, you'll hear Jeff Capusta. He'll come and he'll preach from LifePoint, and they'll say that they're, they love God, love others, serve the world. Sounds very similar, doesn't it? Every church has the same mission, and if that's all we have, then that's what every church looks like. 
but I don't want a cookie cutter church. God doesn't want cookie cutter churches. And so he gives us distinct walls, boundaries that help us know, okay, this is what we're called to do. This is our distinct, unique way of living out that same mission that every church has. Does that make sense? In your life, if you're a follower of Jesus, there are certain things you have in common with every, with every other follower of Jesus, but there are distinctions to your life. One of the things that happens in Discover the Gathering 3D is Linda Gardner takes you through these little profile personality tests and help you see, like, okay, you're a human like everybody else in the room, but here's how you're uniquely you. Walls give us distinctions. Does that make sense? I'm moving on even if it doesn't. So, okay. Well, you can get rid of that picture now because Wendy's starting to get nervous. Like, Paul's going to make me live there. Let me give you your big idea right up front, and then we're just going to spend the next few minutes trying to pick this big idea apart. When we accept our place, we advance in power. When we accept our place, we advance in power. Now, let me, I feel like I'm having to do a lot of disclaimers, but I want to make sure that you understand what I'm saying so you don't misunderstand what I'm trying to communicate. Let's just talk about that phrase when we accept our place. Um, uh, I could start a riot, but how many of you, how many of you remember when men would say to women, know your place? Right, right. I, the women are like, I know the first, I know where I was the day I heard it the first time because I killed the man, right? <laughs> He's dead. He's, he, I dropped him right there. Um, with my bare hands. Uh, when we say accept your place, what we're not talking about is, is like accept the place that other people tell you you have to accept, right? That's your place. I'm putting you in your place. That's not what we're talking about. Accepting our place means accepting our place with the Lord, accepting the place that he has given to us, okay? So I want to make sure that that becomes very, very clear before we even move further. I want to make sure that you understand what it looks like when we accept our place. Here's the first cute little point if you want to write down points. The blueprint includes the footprint. The blueprint includes the footprint. We learned so in week one that God has a plan for us, and if he has a plan for us, then that means he has a place for that plan to happen. Okay? And when we accept our place, we don't become a doormat being told where it is, we become a servant of God saying, okay, like, God, wherever you want me to be, that's where I'll be. That's my place. And the walls help to define where that place is. We just prayed over teachers, and we could talk all day long. Well, do you think you should be at that school or this school or whatever? But those teachers feel called to a place. And so we'll just use um, Baden Elementary School, right? So, like, that's a distinct wall. It's distinct because it's in Baden, right? It's different than East because it's not in East. It's in Baden. Those are distinct walls. It, it sets that place apart. Accepting that purpose as a church, we accept it. When we accept that, we begin to have purpose as a church, I know that sometimes we get caught up in the details. We get so afraid of making a mistake, going to the wrong place, which house should we buy, blah, 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 instead of just understanding one foundational truth, and that is this. Spiritually, you and I have a place, all right, and it never changes. So first and foremost, we've got to understand, like, our place spiritually, Ephesians says, is seated with Christ in heavenly places, Ephesians 2.6. 
our, our place spiritually is with God before anything or anyone else. Psalm 16, just listen to the first three verses. It says, keep me safe, my God, for, I, for in you I take refuge. We just sang about that this morning. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord, and apart from you I have no good thing. My place is with you, first and foremost, spiritually. So we're walking apart from God. We're sinning. We don't have a relationship with God. He sends Jesus. The gospel says that he came to, to reconcile men back to God, back to himself. And so the gospel is that he made it possible for us to be with him. We were a people, Ephesians says, who had no home. We were foreigners who had no country. We had no place. And he brought us in and he gave us a place. He said, you're mine. Sit here, be seated with me in heavenly places. David said, apart from you, there is no good thing. I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. God, David said, look, you gave me you and you gave me people and you gave me a noble land. You gave me a place. A lot of believers, I don't know if it's you or not, but a lot of believers can't find peace in physical places like a city, a job, a relationship because they've never found peace in their spiritual place. Another windy illustration, and I did ask her if I could share this, and she said yes. So you know it's going to be good if I had to ask permission. I'm, I'm kidding. It's just, 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 just good because Wendy's in it, right? Wendy loves Zillow. Loves, I think she may be addicted. She may be a Zillowaholic. I'm not sure if that's a real term, but I just made it up. She's always on Zillow. Uh, we're driving in a car. We pass a house, and she's like, whips that phone out. She's getting the price. Oh, yeah, she'd maybe check on that. She's always on Zillow. But it's one thing if she's always on Zillow because she's so miserable where she is, she's trying to find her way out. When I say that some believers can't find peace in their physical places because they don't have peace in their spiritual place, that's what that looks like. I'm always trying to find my place. Well, you have a place with Jesus, seated in heavenly places. That's your place. And when you're secure in that, then you become what Wendy is with Zillow. She's not looking to escape the house that we have. She's just always saying, like, God, is there somewhere else you want to send us someday? Is there another house in another part of the city that you would want us to be in? And Zillow's like her little tool, and she uses it well, right, to, to see, hey, God, is there something else you're opening up for us? But not because she's trying to escape, but because she's secure where she is. And so she's open to something that God might have for her somewhere else. And hopefully with me as well. Okay, good. Just, I was looking for the nod. I was looking for the nod. Was, please give me the nod, right? So we have peace in physical places because we have confidence in our spiritual place. That makes sense? The blueprint includes a footprint. And we trust that he has us right where he wants us to be. That's what I mean by accept our place. In our church, walls, walls that make us distinct. There are a few walls in our church that make us distinct. You can visit our church. You can visit other churches. It doesn't make us better than other churches. It makes us different than other churches. Here are a few of them. They should not surprise you. Ready? We really believe in community. We talk about it all the time. And the way that we live that out, is community groups, right? It's not a program. We believe that it's fundamental to our lives as believers that we, that we live the Christian life with 
other believers in community. Now, you can go to lots of churches, and they'll talk about small groups. They might have Sunday school. They might have small groups. But we, we don't want to be a church that has a few community groups. We want to be a bunch of community groups that also come together and have church, right? We, we just strongly believe in that to the point that someday I'd be okay if we had like 110% of people attend our church that are in, are in community groups and attend our church. If we had more people in homes during the week than we have on Sunday morning, I'm good with that. We strongly believe in community. Here's something else that makes us distinct. doesn't make us wrong, just makes us different. We love to have what we call family integrated worship, which means during the worship part of, and by worship I mean during the musical part of the worship service because we're worshiping right now because we're listening to the word. But during the musical part of our worship service, we love having families together, which means that occasionally, especially if you're here visiting for the first or second or third time, every now and then you'll just hear like kids, kids just love to worship like this. Mom, got candy? That's how they worship, right? They just like, they just ask for stuff. They don't know to be quiet. And you'll never, I don't think, you'll, you'll probably rarely ever hear anybody here go, shh, except the parent that just got asked for candy, right? But like, we don't have hushers here. You know what I'm saying? We're okay with it because we believe that families really can worship together and that if your child happens to ask for something too loudly, God doesn't get freaked out by that and leave. He created family. It's a good thing, right? Now, that's something that we believe in strongly. So that's a distinct wall in our church. Uh, we believe in being very generous as a church, which means we also, we probably don't talk about money enough, honestly, but we just believe that when, when our hearts are, are just, man, wrecked by the Spirit of God, we just turn into generous people, right? And so we just feel like that's just a, a normal part. So we don't, we don't um, get excited about saying things like, well, last year our church gave 5% to missions. That's crazy, right? Like we believe in giving, like, man, as much as we can possibly give. It sets us apart. It makes us distinct. These are just walls, right? No cookie-cutter churches. Now, is it possible, and we're going to move into the second point. Um, the first point was a blueprint includes a footprint, and the second point is super, super creative, and you're going to love it. It just says footprint, a footprint leads to footprints. <laughs> See what I did there? You like that? Footprint leads to footprints. When we accept our place, when we accept our footprint, we advance in power, which means we don't accept our place and just, well, this is where I stay and I'll never move, right? You know churches like that, right? Well, that's the way we've always done it. We'll never do it any other way because that's just the way we've always done it. No. Like when you accept your place, you understand that if I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places, then the walls he's given us, the boundary lines that he's given us right now, like here's another one for us as a church. We believe that we're supposed to be downtown Albemarle, which means you spend a lot of time looking for the, the, the biggest building we can have in downtown Albemarle, and God's blessed us with an amazing one. It's taken us longer to get in it than we thought, but you know what? We just believe we're supposed to be downtown Albemarle. It's a distinct wall. When you believe those things, then you know that God's put you places in order to get to people. So there's movement in these. It's not like, well, just know your place, accept your place, and sit down on your butt and never move. No. Accepting our place means that we're going to then advance in power. The walls that can sometimes feel restrictive are actually there to release us. Two quick examples, and then we'll move on from that. When we first started budgeting, huh, um, we hated it. 
I mean, I can't say that I'm a big fan even now sometimes, but it felt so restrictive. That, you know, like if you've ever tried to budget, you know, the fr- if you ever start budgeting, I guarantee you that'll be the month that you need to buy, like, groceries for three months. You know, just your grocery bill will be triple what it normally is because you're trying to budget, and it's just like if you're a nerd with Excel spreadsheets, you're just like, we can't have food. But you have to have food, right? And so we, we, we just, our little thing was hate the budget, hate the budget, hate the budget, hate the budget, hate the budget. How you doing today, honey? Hate the budget. What's for supper? Hate the budget. Jesus loves you, but he hates the budget, right? It's just, you know, we just, ugh, it's so, yeah, ugh. But over time, as we learned to live within the parameters, suddenly it was like, hey, baby, want to go out and eat? Well, how can we? Well, we've been saving 20 bucks a month, and now we have money to go, let's go eat. Like, that's the way the budget would work. We loved it. Is it possible that we could, that like a volcano, I've never been around a volcano when it blows up, but a volcano is the, all the lava, it's all contained inside the walls of a volcano, and that the walls actually are what cause it to, to get hotter and hotter, and eventually that's the, what actually explodes it out. That's what God does when we accept our place, when we know what we're called to do, when we know our part in the mission it gives us purpose, and God just begins to fuel us and empower us, and then boom, he just explodes us out. Accepting the footprint, knowing our place, accepting the walls that God's given to us, all that does is just, man, accelerate the process of sending us out. Now, is it possible to change walls? Yes. It's messy, right? It's messy. It's not like changing like that. I don't like that. You know, we're helping Parker decorate yesterday. And he didn't decorate. That's not a, a guy term, but fix his room up. Like, do you like the pictures here? Do you like them here? I mean, moving pictures is not such a big deal, especially with command strips now, right? It's pretty simple. But moving the wall, that's like get a permit, knock it down, rebuild a wall. You can always rebuild walls. And that's how sometimes you'll hear churches say like, you know, Hey, we, for years God told us to do this, and now we feel like God's moving us in this direction. And, but that takes time to do all that. Walls can be changed. It just takes time. And it takes trusting that our spiritual place is secure. So the footprint leads to footprints. If spiritually our place is near God, then physically our place is near man. So we want God to move us to places in order to help us get to people. So sometimes physical places change. When we understand that we're near God, seated with Jesus, then we understand that his mission must become our mission. And his mission is Luke 19.10. He said, I came to seek and save the lost. I love John 4.4. 4. Uh, just the whole first three verses of John 4 is the story of the woman at the well in Samaria. But John 4.4 4 is my favorite part of the story because it says that Jesus had to go through Samaria. Jesus was led to a place. He had to go because there was a person there that he had to meet and minister to. Jesus was a hope dealer. He wants us to be as well. So our footprint, downtown Albemarle. And because our footprint has been downtown Albemarle, that has led to lots of footprints, right? We've left footprints at a coffee shop. We've left footprints at an old department store. We're leaving footprints um, in the buildings that we rent for Kid City. We're leaving footprints in an old bar. And eventually we'll have footprints in an old um, furniture store and in, in a really old grocery store, right? 
And then from there, we're going to leave footprints all over the world because God's put us in a place to get us to places, to get us to people. The physical places can change because God's always moving us. Families move. Kids leave. We leave one neighborhood for another. Why do we do that? Well, because we're bored. No, because God's got us on a mission. And a mission requires movement. I'm, I'm not in the education field, but what I have learned in this area is every single year, teachers kind of like, <gasps> why are you holding your breath? Because we don't know who's going to be leading our school next year and what that means for where I'll be. And, and I listen, I get it. That's, huh. But when our spiritual place is secure, man, I know that I'm seated with Christ. And I know that because of that I have a mission, I have a purpose, I, have a, I know he's going to use me. And so it could feel a little bit restrictive right now, but he's going to explode me out of here. And he's going to put me in the exact place I need to be. Maybe that's the way it is for you at your job. Maybe hate the budget is hate the job, right? Hate the boss, hate the boss, hate the boss. But is it possible that God has you in that place? And that when you accept your place, he can then use you to advance in power. A couple of um, examples from Scripture. Ephesians chapter 2, we read verse 6 earlier. It said that we're seated with Christ, which is our spiritual place. And then verse 10 says that you're created in Christ to do good works, which he's prepared for you to do. Where do we do those good works? Near man. All right, so we're seated with Christ spiritually near God. We do good works Physically near man. We were reading from Psalm 16 earlier. Paul ta- David talked about, you know, I, 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 the Lord, apart from me, there's no good thing. And I'm with these holy people who are in the land. He had, he had a place, right? And then he goes on to say this in verses 5 and 6. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. That's spiritual, right? And then he says in verse 6, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Boundary lines, those are walls. Like, because I'm secure with you, Lord, wherever you put me on this earth, my boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places. Not because situations are always pleasant, but because you are good. That's the truth of the big idea. When we accept our place, we can advance in power. Because anywhere God moves us is another opportunity for God to move through us. So um, let me do this to wrap up. Let me share with you a story, one of my favorite stories from a speaker named Tony Campolo. Great speaker. And he tells this story. I'm going to read most of it because I don't want to mess it up. He talks about a time that he was asked to speak at a Pentecostal college. And before the service, eight men had him kneel back in a back room so that they could put their hands on his head and pray. This is a Pentecostal college. Did I mention that? So Tony Campolo talks about he was really glad that they were praying for him. But the longer they prayed, the more they pushed on his head, the more his head got pushed down. And he said, and he's like, God, if they could just finish this up, that'd be great. And then before he knew it, they, they stopped. They weren't even praying for him anymore. He said, some guy just starts praying his heart, and he prayed this word for word. Dear Lord, you know Charlie Stoltzfus. He lives in that silver trailer down the road a mile. You know the trailer, Lord, just down the road on the right-hand side. And Tony said he, he wanted to interrupt the guy and say, dude, I think God knows where Charlie lives. But he just tried to keep his head up. 
kept let him finish praying. They finished praying. He prayed this. He said, Lord, Charlie told me this morning that as he was, he was going to leave his wife and three kids, step in, do something. God, bring that family back together. And with that, the prayer ended. Tony said he went out and he spoke to the college. He said things went great. He got in his car and began to drive home. And as he drove onto the Pennsylvania Turnpike, he saw a hitchhiker and felt compelled to pick him up. Campolo said this. We drove a few minutes and I said, hi, my name's Tony Campolo. What's yours? And he said, my name is Charlie Stoltzfus. Tony Campolo said, I couldn't believe it. I got off the Turnpike at the next exit and headed back. He got a bit uneasy with that. And after a few minutes, he said, hey, mister, Um, where are you taking me? I said, I'm taking you home. He narrowed his eyes and asked, why? And I said, because you just left your wife and three kids, right? That blew him away. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. He said, with shock written all over his face, he plastered himself against the car door and never took his eyes off me. Then I really did him in, Tony said, as I drove right to the silver trailer. When I pulled up, his eyes seemed to bulge as he asked, how'd you know that I lived here? And I said, God told me. (laughs) Because he really did, through the dude that was praying. When he opened the trailer door, his wife exclaimed, you're back, you're back. And he whispered in her ear, and the more he talked, the bigger her eyes got. I said with real authority, the two of you sit down. I'm going to talk to you, and you're going to listen. And man, did they. And that afternoon, I led two people to Jesus. That is what it means to accept your place. I wish these men wouldn't be praying over me like this and pushing me down. I'm a non-Pentecostal at a Pentecostal college. What am I doing here? Why is this happening? You can fight it all day long. But when you accept your place, then God begins to give you the power you need to advance. And he began to fill Tony Kumpel with what he needed because he knew he had a mission for him. And because he accepted his place, he advanced that mission with power. I'm just saying to you guys this morning, and maybe probably not saying it the best I could, we have a place here. The gathering has a place in downtown Albemarle. And when we accept that, we're able to advance in power. Because there are people in downtown Albemarle that don't know Jesus. There are people in downtown Albemarle that don't even like Albemarle, let alone like Jesus, right? And they definitely don't like church people. And not just our church, but you. Just you. Think about your family for a moment. God has a purpose for your family. And places change. But his power does not. And we fight it or we accept it. And when you accept, I mean, now, like, can I just say, families with kids in elementary school and lower, prepare for the day. Because when you do, You accept the place and even the places that change, and you can advance with power. We advance a kingdom with power, not because we stay in a place, but because we accept our place. And God gives us what we need to take the footsteps, make footprints beyond the footprint.
if all we do as a church is fix that building up and take the people that we know and put them in there and have church, we have missed the point. That God has given us a place in downtown Albemarle. That's our footprint. But the footprint leads to footprints. We want to launch people from this place to the ends of the earth. And when we accept our place, we advance with power.